Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season three, of course, of Creator Flow. This this has so far been a fantastic season, and uh, I'm excited to welcome on a talented, extraordinary photographer. He's, he's, he's always out in the streets. Uh, 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 artist, sorry, not photographer. Wow. Really, really messed that one up there. Um, That's okay. <laughs> see, I, I usually tend to do this off the cuff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season three of Creator Flow. Today we have an amazing artist. He, he sketches fascinating landscapes and, and cityscapes and it, what, what have you. I mean, you just, you just got to check out his Instagram account. Welcome to the, to the show, Kevin Zick. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Yes, I, I have been waiting to have you on for a while. Uh, we've, we've been in communication, lost translation, all that fun stuff. Uh, but finally you are here. Um, I lo- and I say this all the time. I find folks on Instagram or whatever to have on the show. There's extraordinary artists out there putting their stuff out, wanting to be heard. Um, clearly, I think you're doing that with your reels and your TikToks and, and your educational. I mean, I, I think the main thing for me is your educational aspect of, of your posts. Um, what, what made you get into doing all this? Obviously, besides the fact that, you know, it's a great place to be discovered. <laughs> but, but really, why, why go in the, in the landscape, uh, uh, I guess, why go educational route maybe? But, but why would you start all this? Uh, great question. Um, uh, it's a bit of a long story if I were to tell that in full, but, uh, the abridged version, I guess, is that, uh, about five years ago, I was finishing a three year stint at a Zen monastery where I used to live. Uh, I was, a uh, more of a monastic, uh, than anything, um, uh, I guess. And then, uh, at some point I realized that, you know, I want to live a lay life and I want to, uh, I, I'm not going to become a monk at the very least. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to get a job and, you know, uh, start a relationship, have a family, you know, get a house and a white picket fence and, and, and to kind of go more of that route with my life. Uh, but I was starting from scratch. I didn't have a lot of job experience. I didn't have uh, you know, a career really developed. Uh, many of my peers at the time were um, working at companies for their, you know, fifth year or something and had been promoted several times. Uh, and so I, I felt a little bit behind and yet I didn't really particularly want to go dive right into the corporate world. Uh, I didn't really see career paths that were that attractive to me. Uh, when I stopped and thought about like, you know, what do I want to do with my life? You know, now that I'm not going to be living at a Zen monastery forever, uh, I thought, well, you know, out of all of the things I've done in the past, probably the thing that I enjoyed the most was drawing on location. And it's kind of an obscure thing. It wasn't like I, I always had like this burning passion to be an artist. I mean, maybe throughout my life I've been creative and I've, I've delved into creative pursuits here and there, but uh, I didn't, I never thought of myself as be, becoming um, like a, a formal artist, uh, much less an, an art educator. And yet when I thought about all of the things that I liked doing, things that I was relatively good at, or at least had some experience with, uh, and things that like really activated me as a person, drawing on location was, was uh, stood up just a little bit more than everything else. And so I thought, 
huh, I wonder if there's a way that I could actually make this a profession with, uh, you know, social media and with, um, you know, different avenues like that. Um, it's worth, you know, applying myself to it. And so uh, I guess as a person, I'm, I, I tend to be all in on things or, or not at all. And so at that, after making that decision, I, I just started experimenting a lot with uh, making drawings, uh, publishing them on different social media platforms, seeing what worked, uh, maybe try writing uh, long paragraphs underneath each Instagram post, uh, you know, changing what the pictures look like, uh, changing different drawing styles, um, things like that. And just trying to experiment with, uh, with this larger subject of drawing on location and, uh, you know, I was doing that for a few years. And then uh, at some point, I was uh, losing steam a little bit, honestly. And I was, you know, I wasn't sure if any of this was going to amount to anything. I had maybe like a 1000 followers on Instagram. And, uh, you know, after three years of working, like I had sold like a handful of art prints. And, uh, you know, I was working a odd job uh, in customer service. And I was just generally feeling unfulfilled. And so uh, kind of on uh, out of the on a whim, I, I tried making a, a video for this new app called TikTok, and I tried making an educational piece and just and providing a couple drawing tips. And those videos got disproportionately large views compared to what I was used to, probably in part because of the new platform and in part because it was actually helpful to people. It wasn't, you know, just a an image of my drawings, and so. Uh, that kind of changed my perspective on things a little bit. And it, and it made me think, well, if, if I can't just succeed uh, as just a plain artist, just out of my pure craft, uh, or if that's just taking too long, uh, why don't I try teaching? Um, and as it happened, while, while I was living uh, at this Zen temple that I mentioned earlier, uh, I know that's, that's a whole other long story, but while I was living there, uh, I, I had uh, you know, part-time jobs uh, here and there. And one of my last jobs was, uh, well, I, I worked as a substitute teacher for a while, and then I got a job developing arts curriculum for a nonprofit uh, theater company. And so I actually did have some experience writing arts curriculum, but it was, it was more for like third graders. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I started to see all of these pieces in my life that seemed so uh, divergent, you know, sort of coming together. And uh, from there, it was just like one small iteration after another, just making, you know, more and more videos. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still iterating now, still trying to, uh, you know, make each one better than the last. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a, kind of a long journey in, in one of, taking a lot of pieces that seem like they didn't fit together um, and just kind of arranging them into something new that would, that worked for me. Um, but the, I guess the last thing I'll say to that is that there's still part of me that sees all of this as um, kind of like a job in, in a way that like, I, I am truly passionate about all of this. Uh, but a lot of that passion has grown. Like it wasn't like I was passionate about all of this. And then I started doing it. It was more like the passion grew as I was okay. experimenting and, and trying things. So it, it really began with just kind of an observation that like, Hey, you know, I'm not 
super passionate about anything. I'm not really good at any anything in particular. But I but out of everything that I do, like writing and playing guitar and snowboarding and, and stuff like that, like the one thing that I like a little bit more than everything else is is drawing on location. And uh, I'm just going to pick pick that up and, and mm. run full speed with it. Wow, you you you've been on quite the quite the journey. I mean, but like you said, everything connected in some in some way there there's uh, obviously the 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 monastery thing is 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 sticking to me because um, you don't hear that too often especially you don't hear you don't. <laughs> at least i don't <laughs> yeah i don't also also i don't hear too many leaving um if you if you wish you don't have to but explain how like i mean i'm sure there's a lot that goes into the decision to enter one but um the 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 what I'm focused on is I guess the end, the tail end I suppose is how do you go from I'm in this I'm mm-hmm. I'm obviously very set on being here to all right now I'm out and then <laughs> yeah. and then going kind of full force into the other area of of the I guess the opposite which is I'm going to be on social media twenty four seven. Um, which is kind of goes against, I suppose, what maybe the teachings would have been at the monastery. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, like how, how does one make that big decision and big 180, I guess, turn? Yeah. Uh, great question. And I think some of that points to maybe the reasons why I went there in the first place. Uh, I entered the monastery in part because I'd studied, Eastern religions in college. I, I grew up as a Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, and then I went through an atheist phase when I was uh, in college. Uh, but then I started learning about Eastern religions, and I took a couple classes. The classes went through the general history of all of these various religions, from Hinduism, Jainism, uh, Buddhism, and then uh, sort of finally culminating in, in Zen. And it was that in that way I was able to identify uh, Zen, particularly Rinzai Zen, as something that I wanted to learn more about. And it was something I knew from the text uh, that would, having read about it, that there's a big difference between reading something and and practicing it. Uh, And so I knew if I wanted to learn more about this, then at some point, you know, it'd be worth actually entering a a monastic setting, even if, even if I didn't really like, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, believe in it, that it it would, a good way to learn about it would just be to, to show up, so to speak. And so that's kind of what I did. And uh, I knew that this was kind of going to go one of two ways. I was either going to want to stay there forever and and like ordain as a monk, or I would conclude that this isn't really right for me and I'd want to leave. And while I was there, I told myself, well, you know, while I'm here, I'm going to make a kind of a conscious decision to, to go headfirst into it and to, and to really apply myself to this practice and um, you know, to, work to the utmost to attain enlightenment, so to speak, um, and and try to leave all hesitation and doubt behind. But that wasn't because I had a lot of uh, forethought of like, uh, it it wasn't because I had concluded beforehand that this was like 
the one and true path or something like that. It was more like, well, I wouldn't know unless I tried. You know, there's there's some things you only know unless you're you're completely uh, invested in it. And so, uh, I, I applied myself in that way for uh, a few years, and slowly I started to realize that you know I constant like my constitution, my just just the, the person who I am. It's probably pointing towards more of like a family life. Uh, and being, um, I don't know how to say it. I, I, I realized that there's a tremendous virtue in, in being just a good citizen, uh, and, and that that's not necessarily any more or less than what you could achieve in a monastery, uh, regardless of what religion you're practicing. Uh, I think it's more that, um, understanding what's right for you and i at some point concluded that uh having uh what we call a lay life like you know living outside the monastery was right for me Mm -hmm. and so uh at some point i would need to leave and i think maybe it was like i I had just turned 25 or something and uh honestly i was just i was getting a little bit tired of it uh because i was i was living in this setting like where everything is uh, communal and everything uh, like, like you don't really have a lot of privacy. You don't have a lot of time to yourself. Uh, I was one of the youngest people at the monastery uh, and one of the more physically capable people. Hmm. And by that, I mean like anytime something heavy needed to be moved around, like I was the one to do it. Anytime the snow fell and the snow falls a lot in, uh, in Syracuse, New York, and in the Catskill Mountains, uh, upstate New York, uh, I I would be the one to shovel it. And Mm -hmm. so um, eventually, I I got to a point where I was like, you know, I I would love to just like come downstairs and like cook an egg in my own kitchen, and like leave the pan in the sink and like not clean up after myself just for like a couple hours. Uh, And that's, that's totally normal. That happens to a lot of people. And it's, it's not, you know, that's just human. And so, Uh, I guess it just, it, it, it became time. And, and in, in fact, I felt like I would probably had overstayed my uh, tenure there and that it was time for me to start developing real career skills or at least, you know, getting on some sort of path uh, of development, you know, outside of a, a temple setting. Wow. So, I, I, uh, <laughs> but but to, to answer your question about the social media, I mean, that's that's a good point because like I in a way I don't I don't really want to bring more people online like in in a way I want to kick more people out right and if anything like I always saw the sketchbook as like a better alternative to like taking photos uh at least for most people like there are a lot of photographers who you know ought to be using a a camera but Mm -hmm. many people you know, use their phones as a form of distraction, or if they are at a moment in their lives where they want to sort of hold it for an extra second, rather than just being there, they they often like kind of fiddle with their camera phone and and take pictures and stuff. And uh, well, I don't know. I just, I always thought that the sketchbook was like a good middle ground where you could develop a creative record of your life, but you could also be a little bit more present to that moment and, uh, appreciate it and 
as as I was getting more into the like drawing on location thing and, and kind of wondering whether that could be a career path, I came across these like smaller communities of artists on Instagram and saw that there were a lot of people already doing this. And then, and then some of them had, had achieved what I was hoping to achieve, which is make a career out of it. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, there is some like practical reason for myself to apply myself to social media. But if I have like any message on there, it's more that like, I want, I want people just to go outside and like, look at things and not, you know, feel like they need to uh, photograph and record all of it, if that makes sense. Uh, So it it is a little contradictory. And I recognize that and I wish there was, you know, a better way around it. Uh, But these are at least for right now, TikTok and Instagram are the best ways I can get 30 second drawing tips to people right. in, in, in a way that they can, uh, you know, like learn something in, in, you know, 15 to 45 seconds. Uh, so that's, there, there is good, there, I think there is utility in it. And I think it's more about the application of it. Absolutely. And, and I wasn't trying to maybe like pick at, you know, your, your, you know, no, I, it's yeah. It was definitely uh, it is a bit of a, a contradiction. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I w- it was just curious because I was like, I again, I've never been in that in your shoes, and I wouldn't know what it would take to join a monastery and all that stuff. So I, I, I also wouldn't know what it would take to get out of one. So that's why I was curious of how do you go from that to that, um, in 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 such a you know I guess a quick amount of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is an interesting, but you again, um, like you said earlier, you go into something a hundred percent, and so you're you're diving into this uh, headstrong, and I mean, it's, and it's and it's it's uh, it's it's working out for you at least at least I think so, um, and and I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from fans, maybe uh, people in the comments saying you're doing a, you, thank you so much for teaching me how I never knew how to look at art this way, maybe. Um, and so I'm sure you're, you're, you know, you are succeeding in that, in that regard, um, to get, to get to the art aspect of all all of this, um, to get to like the, the point is, I think we discussed earlier, um, before we started recording, like this podcast is, is part educational as well. And I think it's important to hear directly from those that are, um, practicing, uh, the, whatever medium it is that they're practicing to, to, to tell folks that want to either get into it or are struggling or what have you, um, what is it that you do on a daily basis? So, um, I've seen a lot of your videos and, uh, it seems that you use, it doesn't really matter what medium you're you're using. You're using a pen, you're using a a marker, you're using watercolor. You just use what you have Mm. on hand. And it seems as if, you know, you don't, at least on video, it doesn't look like you're struggling. Um, explain to the, the listeners why, or maybe you think it does matter, but but why it doesn't matter what medium you're using, or maybe it does. I see. Uh, yeah, well, I could say a couple of things. Uh, when I learned how to draw, I mean, in some ways, I'm lucky. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier about putting all these pieces together, some of like I didn't go to art school. I didn't right. study art in college. I, I took, I think, like one painting class, but it was it was abstract painting, and it it, it didn't really touch on what I do now. Uh, the 
only real art education that I have is through going to figure drawing at a, a community center in, in Syracuse, New York. Uh, when I was going to community college up there, I, I went to figure drawing once a week, mostly because I was looking for something to do. Uh, and it was kind of a fun evening. They would have snacks halfway through it and, you know, you could get a beer uh, and it was fun. And yet that was like a way for me to learn more traditional drawing techniques. And in that way, I was lucky because from the beginning, my approach to drawing has always been about observational skills more so than, as you said, like the material you're using. Uh, there is, of course, a lot of utility in mastering a particular medium, like people who really know how to use watercolor paints can do incredible things, things that I can't do. Uh, but I think from that very specific knowledge, you can get really, really good just by practicing these like basic drawing techniques. And that's what I try to focus my content around is, is how to draw anything with anything. You know, it doesn't matter if you're just picking up a number two pencil or a big pen uh, or one of the fancy markers that I use. Uh, I, I typically use these acrylic markers uh, that are ac they're actually what people use to tag up bathroom stalls. Like if you <laughs> see like a, a tag on a bathroom stall or like, you know, call this number, that's, that's what I'm using. But uh, because I opaque lines i like having kind of a bold line work and yet the material i use is only accentuating what i'm already doing like i can get a very similar effect using charcoal or pencil or something or a colored pencil uh, i just use acrylic marker because it, it brings me that extra like five percent of a difference uh, and so, yeah, I, I encourage people ask me, it's, it's the number one question I get all the time. Uh, I get lots and lots of comments on my videos and, and direct messages and, and emails and things. And the number one I get by far is what pen are you using? Yeah. And I know that some people are, they are just genuinely curious about materials. Like it's a valid question, but mm -hmm. I think like 95% of the time I just, I want to tell the person like, you know, don't focus on the material, focus on the drawing skill. Yeah. Uh, because I know people who can draw much better than I can, and they make more compelling images and, and do better work. And they use, uh, you know, a different kind of pen, or they use a pencil or charcoal or something. And, you know, they probably get the same question, like, what kind of pen is that? Uh, it's not the pen. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's everything else. Certainly. Um, yeah, myself, when I draw, I mean, my, all my work is done with like, not, not your standard Bic pen, but most of it's done with some sort of a Bic product. And, um, yeah, if anyone was to ask, like, what did you use? I'm going to be honest, but you know, I, I, I understand. Yeah. Like you said, the curiosity to, to be like, well, he, he's doing it so well because he's using this. $10 pen and it's like yeah it's really 
it really has nothing to do with what, what's in the hand. Um, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, of course, that's going to be people's curiosity. But that's again, that's why it's important to let people know, like, hey, it's it's it has more to do with what up what's what's up in your in your brain and what you're thinking and ha- and how you're feeling in that moment. Because um, I don't know about you, but there there's been times that I'll be in like uh, this this angry like mindset. And some of my best artwork comes out, you know, and then I'm like super Mm -hmm. joyful and happy and nothing wants to come out on the page. And so Mm -hmm. like, you know, it also, it has a lot to do with emotion. It has a lot to do with just, there's so many other variables than the what's in your hand. Um, Yeah. What I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one of, uh, sort of an analogy I I always like to think about is that uh, I'm I'm a runner. I'm just just finished the New York City Marathon last week and congratulations uh, oh, well, hope you did you. well yeah <laughs> yeah um but I I follow professional runners and you know when Elliot Kipchoge ran mm-hmm. under two hours for the marathon everyone focused on the shoes like this is a <sighs> tendency that applies to everything yep. and you know it, it might be the case that the shoes really did help him dip under two hours but the reason why anyone is close even close to two hours for the marathon which is insane i mean you have to be running like four and a half minute miles for 26 miles uh and the reason why anyone's nearly that close is because they're running a hundred mile weeks every week for 25 years (laughs) you know and and that's just the running it it doesn't even get into the strength training and the nutrition and the, the teammates and the coaching and all of that uh, and the advancements we've had in exercise science and things like that. So uh, there is a tendency among people to fixate on the barrier that is mm-hmm. preventing them from like 2% of, of what's needed. Whereas like there's 98% of, that, that accounts for other variables uh, that they could be making inroads with, you know, so. Yeah, I, I have that. Uh, I have that uh, all the time with people asking me, what, what's a great camera to pick up? Like, it, And my answer to them is always, you have one in your pocket. Just go, yeah. go start yeah. with that. <laughs> if you can master that, then make a budget for yourself and then figure out, okay, I could afford this 500 or $10,000 camera. Whatever it is that you want to buy, it doesn't matter. Just right. you know, have fun with it. But first, with the one in your pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, every every single one of the videos I've posted on Instagram and TikTok has been recorded with uh, just my phone and balancing the phone. Like I don't even use a tripod. Oh, it, it's wow. usually just balancing, like on a fire hydrant or something <laughs> like that. And so, you know, <laughs> there are lots of videos that get interrupted by the camera falling uh sure and then i just just redo it but yeah <laughs> wow uh that's a little risky i think i might invest in a tiny tripod <laughs> i yeah, think going yeah. forward um you know they, yeah. they do have the ones that like you know wrap around poles which are kind of cool you know those little yeah. like uh, i forget what they're called but yeah um yeah certainly i would i would do that uh but no, it it is a, it's an important conversation to have. I think uh, you know too many, like you said, too many people are fixated on that one, that that barrier, if you will, like you said. But um, it's more, much, much, much more to it. Um, 
It's funny because, again, I guess to to stay on that idea of, of how your art looks, um, for a lot of people, um, you know, sketch work and and I, I love sketch work right like i'm 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 on your side what because because what i'm about to say might come off as a little <laughs> uh but sketch work for a lot of people might seem unfinished it might seem uncrisp and not sharp and a lot of people might view your work as uh childlike or you know whatever but people might not see it as uh, a work of art I disagree with that, obviously, but uh, like, what do you have to say to that? Because I think your stuff's fantastic. Um, well, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, to some extent, I see myself as an artist, and to some extent, I I wonder uh, if perhaps. I'm not as much of an artist and I'm more of an, an illustrator. Like the, the kind of work that I do is, mm. uh, it does bend a little bit more towards like commercial illustration, but it's of a very specific kind. Like I, uh, there's a specific term called reportage, rep, I can't say it, it's French, reportage, reportage uh, illustration, which simply means to report, but it's it's kind of, it's like a form of journalism, uh, you know, and I, I classic example is is drawing court cases you know in, in a yeah. case where maybe cameras aren't allowed in, inside the courtroom or something like that uh but it also applies to things like you know maybe you want an illustration of what the thanksgiving day parade looks like and you want it to not just be a photograph of the the balloons but the you, you want a drawing because that helps recapture some of that original energy. Whereas a, a photograph just shows you what it looks like, but a drawing can kind of recapture some of that original magic of, of actually standing underneath, uh, you know, a giant Sonic the Hedgehog or, or whatever the thing is. Uh, so uh, I, um, my work comes from that uh, brand of illustration. Uh, and so I, in some ways, think of myself more as a professional uh, than like a artist with a capital A. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of like a gray line. It's it's uh, I think um, what, what I try to emphasize to other artists is that uh, there's a lot of value in those sketches because they're made directly from life. Mm -hmm. It's you're drawing purely from observation. It's it's a moment that only existed right then, and and you were recording it, uh, you know, right right there, and that infuses a sense of humanity in in your work, and there's there's a tremendous sense of authenticity and uh, a vulnerability in it, and so uh, when you share that to other people, they'll connect more deeply with a sense of home or belonging or uh, a, a sense of actually being there because you were there, right. you know, and that I think is one of the great goals of, of an artist is to reaffirm a sense of home or provide a sense of belonging to the, to the wandering soul. And, you know, if you're drawing in a moment on location, then 
you really can help someone be there, you know, with you. Uh, and so I think that this kind of artwork, drawing in your sketchbook, uh, drawing on location is actually one of the more promising fields of artwork that exist today uh, because so much artwork that's in museums is just incomprehensible to the average person. It's something that really does require a little placard next to the work or yeah. requires some sort of, uh, you know, interpreter with a, you know, master's degree in some, you know, uh, advanced field to explain to you, but no one needs an explanation for a drawing of their home city or, you know, a drawing of a family member like that, that just gets right to the marrow of your bones just by looking at it. And so I, I think in some ways this is, it's a higher form of art than, than a lot of what's in museums today. And it's good that it's more common uh, because it's more accessible to people, but it just means that it's not going to make it into the museums because it's kind of hard to monetize or sell a drawing of your grandparent. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, when your grandparents pass away and eventually they will, you will, everyone will, uh, then that drawing is, you know, you can't really put a price on it. Yeah. I wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's well said. Um, and there's, uh, back to my initial point um, of, you, got, you have too many people out there saying that this is art, but that's not art. Um, who's who? Who are you to say that you know th this doesn't tug at someone's like heartstrings? To me, if it does that, that's art. You know, like if it, if it if it has any emotional bearing to it, um, the artist has succeeded, and it will hit somebody. It might not hit everyone, but mm -hmm. it, it'll it will capture. Um, someone's feelings, and um, I think I, I, th I really think you're doing an, an amazing job. At, 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 I've, I've scrolled through your work throughout the last couple of days, and obviously, you have evolved as any artist would. And if you stay the same, you're not there's something going on. Um, but you clearly have evolved uh, in your style. I mean, it's you could still tell it's your work, but um, it's extraordinary stuff. I mean, I. I take it, I equate it to, uh, forget what it's called, like continuous line drawing, you know, like you, like mm -hmm. you never, you're never removing that pen from the paper, um, yeah. until you're completed with your thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, one of the sort of core methods of, of what I teach and mm -hmm. of the, the little, I don't want to say little education that I've had. I've learned a lot from other people, but you know, not in a, in a formal class setting or anything. Right. Uh, but the, the few classes and things that I have taken uh, privately have, have, have all touched on this idea of, of drawing directly from sight. And, and that there is uh, what you said there about like never lifting your pen. Um, that is actually kind of a, I don't want to say technique or method or something, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's actually a, a practice yeah. In, in trying to uh, keep your eyes fixated on the subject and mm -hmm. your the, the pen, uh, you know, always fixated on the, the paper. Uh, that's how, excuse me, that's how Shel Silverstein worked. Uh, and mm -hmm. if you look at his drawings, they, they do 
have that uh, sort of continuous line quality to them. Uh, Shel Silver, I, I always really like Shel Silverstein Strongs because of that. They they have that um, that line work. Yeah. Uh, there, there's that organic line quality to them. It's very different than a lot of illustration you see today. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. A lot of uh, one thing that that motivates me in, in, in that regard is, you know, so much of illustration today, uh, it's kind of designed to look the same as, as other illustrations. Right. Uh, and, and they're done using computer programs like Adobe Illustrator. They all have a similar line weight and it's, you know, very simple, unoffensive, friendly shapes and things. And it all, I don't want to put anyone's work down because, you know, there's there's value in having a very clean and concise design for a logo or something. Uh, but a lot of it does end up looking the same. And uh, I always liked the kind of, um, I don't know, originality that comes with, like, having pen on paper and, um, you, you know, just starting a line and seeing where it goes. And, you know, it, it kind of includes some degree of distortion. It doesn't always look quite right as it appears in real life, but right. you know, that's, that's the image being interpreted through a human eye and a, through, uh, through a human hand. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I, th- I think the, 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 the crispness and the, the, the straight lines just come off to, I don't know, I don't know if robotic is the word, but it, yeah, there, there is no, it's like everyone's trying to be like Apple, you know, I think it's it's like everyone has the same marketing meeting where they say, you know, Apple, Apple looks so understandable. Like I know what it's saying. So like everything is slowly becoming like an Apple product and Apple products are slowly becoming like just rounded rectangles. Every, every (laughs) fast food restaurant is gray now. Like what the hell is that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that I saw a video about that. That was like, you know, um, Taco Bell and Wendy's all kind of like, they're all kind of starting to look the same, Yeah, which is funny because it's like, they, they're supposed to be kind of different. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of like the whole point. Like, Oh, this one's cool and hip and different. And yeah, yeah, no, not anymore. But, um, yeah, it's so strange. Um, but you're right. There's it, it, like uh, some artwork lacks humanity, and I'm a big, I'm a big paper person. Like I, I listen. I struggle all the time with like uh, digital. Uh, I have a uh, uh, not a Wacom, but I have uh, like a Wacom uh, uh, knockoff, and mm-hmm. um, and it, it's fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong. I love using Illustrator and Photoshop and and uh to to make art like it's like you said it's it ha- it serves its purpose but there's something about putting pen or whatever else to paper and then you could digitize it later then you could have fun with it later but it, it, as long as my original work was from pen or paper uh i feel good i feel like i could i i i actually accomplished something i feel like if if i'm doing it on the the computer i feel like the computer's doing the work for me and I feel mm-hmm. as if uh, there, there's something really missing. There's there's this detachment that's happening. Um, yeah. And I feel well, that, I feel like if someone looked at my work, they'd be like, "Okay, something there." I'm yeah. Feeling it. Well, well, I should say I do use digital uh, 
tools all the time. And so I'm not like an anti no, digital totally, yeah. person or something. Yeah, um, in you. fact, I, you know, there's nothing more useful than uh, control Z. You know, there's, no, there's so many exactly. times where I'm, <laughs> I'm on location, I'm drawing something and I spill paint everywhere. And mm. I like, my mind goes for, you know, the undo button, but it's, it's not, it's not there in real life. Right. Uh, and so there is value in having that extra control. And I, I, I bring a lot of my work into it, in, into the computer. Um, if I ever make a print, I usually bring it into the computer and I adjust a few things so that right. it's, you know, it's a little bit better, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, um, I guess to put it in a nutshell, I think there's, there's a value in being different, you know, not just in, um, mm -hmm. you know, having everything kind of look the same. Right. But anyway. <laughs> anyway no um yeah they're, they're, they're go on too much about how i dislike other people's work or something no 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 you're you're uh you're fine but um but yeah no and so you you we discussed you were on these trips over the summer right if i'm I think yeah that's what you said yep. and you went to europe and you went to you could you could divulge into these specific places but um that had to have been an extraordinary experience as as an illustrator because the architecture there is so breathtaking that you can't help but stare at it for 20 minutes even without drawing it so mm -hmm. like i'm sure you you took books and they're all filled now <laughs> <laughs> how yep. was that how was that experience yeah uh well it's great and that's that's part of the reason why i went um i mean I went abroad for the first time a few years ago and I remember that was, that was back when, you know, flights were a little bit cheaper and, yeah. you know, the economy was going really strong and, and everything. But, uh, I remember getting there and I thought, you know, what for $500 and, and standing in line at the post office to get a passport, like that's all it took for me to, to get here. And I'm having this like unbelievable experience stepping out of the subway system in Madrid and just like looking around and just seeing buildings that are like on average hundreds of years older than most of the buildings in New York. And I, I was just, just my eyes were, you know, on fire with just in love with, with everything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's very cliche to say that, but it, you know, it, uh, I'm sure many people can attest to it's, you know, that it's, that's what happens. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the first time I went, I was just amazed, and I, 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 I think I stayed up. I didn't like sleep for like an entire, for like at least one of the nights I was in Madrid. I filled an entire sketchbook in like two days, uh, and then I went and spent five days in Amsterdam, and so I like you know began filling another one. I mean, it was just like this constant spree of of drawing, and so uh, I always wanted to go back abroad, and then you know the pandemic started, and then when it was over, I, I took a trip to Paris, uh, at the first chance I could, uh, I went there once when I was younger, but I was just like too little to appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to draw everything. And part of the reason why I chose Paris, uh, for my first trip was because of the fire at Notre Dame. Uh, just, just after that incident mm -hmm. occurred, I saw, you know, on all these, accounts I follow on Instagram, all of these people started posting their drawings of Notre Dame. And 
they, well, I can't remember who, someone said, had this great line. They said that, you know, we didn't just lose a part of a great cathedral. We, we lost a teacher. Mm. And that really stuck with me in, in thinking that, like, you know, all of the drawings I do, I, I get better as an artist the more I practice. But it's, in a way, it's the, the location that teaches you. It's these, like, big subjects like the Cathedral of Notre Dame or the Brooklyn Bridge or, or, or you know, any other landmark that teaches you in a way how to draw, uh, you know, a complex structure or something, you know, so that it, so that your drawing recreates the effect of being there. And so I, even though I was too late in a way, I, I went to Paris cause I thought, well, you know, I want to, I want to draw Notre Dame and I, I, I want to draw what remains of it. And I want to see it being rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I drew a lot that time. I, 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 still have tons of drawings and tons of unedited videos from that trip. And then uh, this past summer, I decided I was going to leave my job to to start doing this full time. Uh, And at that point, I, I wanted one of my goals was to make a more long form like YouTube videos that explained all of the topics I discussed in my Instagram and TikTok reels, you know, in more depth. And so I thought, it would it would be good to like go to different places and use different landscapes as the backdrop for that like you know rather than just describe how to draw from my desk go to you know do one video at, in a castle in germany and then do another video in the catacombs of paris and then do another video in bruges and and kind of show people not just drawing as a um, it's just like a nifty little thing you you know can do when you're bored but something you would do all the time and something that can kind of back or support like a, a, a trip and, and it can be a, a way of, of exploring and of, of, of seeing things for the first time and, and creating a record uh, of your, of your visit. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually still editing a lot of those videos now and I'm, I'm hoping to have some of them uh, online soon. But yeah, it was, it was a, it was a fun trip. It was, it was exhausting because I was walking around the whole time with a big backpack full of Hmm. art supplies and camera gear and and so forth. So it it was in a way a tremendous amount of work Uh, from the outside. It probably looks very luxurious, (laughs) Uh, but uh, internally it was, it was a lot, it was a ton of work, but um, you know, I, I, I'm hoping this just like helps some person out there get the itch to go out their door, whether it's on a, you know, big trip abroad or whether it's just down to the corner of their street uh, and to, and and to travel a bit and to, uh, and to draw what they see. I'm so glad you said that because um, I think there's so many people that, like you said, $500. I mean, I know a lot of people are struggling, but $500 at the time you went, is all it took to yeah, experience it's... literal history in front of your face. Um, I mean, and there's so many of us that are afraid to take that leap, even to just go over there, yet alone experience it. I mean, um, I think a lot of people forget that, that that's an option, you know? Yeah. There's and, so many people and, that are... You know, go ahead, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I mean, that's that's the $500 option. Uh, and, you know, if you have a professional job and you're not you know taking care of three kids you know that's 
probably within reach. But even if for whatever reason you can only afford twenty dollars, I mean that might get you into a museum, you know, in your area, or it might, um, you know, afford you, you know, uh, a bus ticket or, or something. And I'm just, I'm a big believer in just like doing what you can, you know, and um, working with what what you have. And so, yeah. It just so happened at that point in my life, you know, I was in a place where, you know, I'm single. I, you know, don't have any kids. You know, I've been working at a professional job for the last three and a half years. You know, I can afford a plane ticket. I can afford um, hostels and stuff like that. Uh, I can't, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, doing all the kinds of fun things that I would love to do. But, uh, you know, those are the kinds of experience, like you said, they, they pay way more in, in their dividends and, and what they do to you as a person. Yeah. Uh, so it's always it's always worth the investment. No one's no one's ever gone to their deathbed and said, oh, I wish I had saved more money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. More of them than not. They said, I wish I spent it all. Um, you know, I'm a big like get on the Amtrak, go go to a random town like, you know, yeah. especially here in New York City. Amtrak will take you a lot of different to a lot of different locations um so so hop on um yeah but and, and it, it's cost effective um but but uh wow you left your job i heard you say that in in in, in your in your um talk about about europe yeah that that's a quite a move that a lot of people and it go and it goes into the the conversation that i tend to have with a lot of guests which is uh people don't support what I do and, you know, they think I'm doing this as a hobby, um, get a real job, get, and then you could do this on the side. And, um, you know, I hate that. I hate, I hate that outlook that people have, but, um, you clearly ignored all that and was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. And I'm going to do this as a, I, I gotta give you respect for that. Like that's, it's a plot. I get a, a, applaud that, but, um, Tell tell people why that's that's important, like and and why you made that decision. Uh, sure. Well, I guess I should preface that by preface all of this by saying, you know, I don't I don't know whether this is going to work. I've been doing this. I think I'm on my fourth month of of being a professional sketch artist, and mm-hmm. I would say it's going relatively well. I, I've been you know breaking even. Uh, between like selling prints and and doing art classes and a sponsored TikTok ad here and there and, and things like that, but uh, I think the the larger point is that there's risk in everything, right? Like there's risk in taking action, there's risk in not taking action. Uh, for a long time, I responded to that by by having a a professional job and trying to get promoted and and take on more responsibility so I could get paid more. And I had, you know, honestly, a very comfortable position because my job wasn't terribly demanding and I was making enough money that I could afford trips abroad. I could afford to go out on weekends and and do all the fun things that I wanted. Uh, But you know, I realized that I was spending a lot of time doing something that I really didn't like. And I was always wondering, you know, what would it be like if I had my full day and all of my energy dedicated to this thing that I, I love the most and the things that, you know, is that people are connecting to. Like I was getting emails from people like 
in Indonesia thanking me for my drawing videos. And I was like, I, you know, I never dreamt of this kind of thing happening. And so I thought, well, what if, you know, I could do this for six months, see, see what it's like. I could do this for a year. Um, I'll probably know in short time whether this is working or not. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really important just to assess your risk honestly and understand that you're always taking a risk. You're, you're never going to be perfectly safe. Like if you have a stable job, but you're unsatisfied, you're paying a cost in staying there. You know, you might think that there's a high cost in leaving or doing something else or making some other, you know, movement, but you're, you're always paying a cost. Right. And that was a cost I was willing to pay for three and a half years, but not four. So I told myself, you know, look, I already look back at the last half year and wish that I had left sooner. So, you know, what am I waiting for? And, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I honestly, I think it was one of the better, better moves in my life. I'm, um, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's not like I'm, you know, swimming in a pool of golden coins or something like that. Uh, but I'm also not starving. And so, uh, that's good. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for what I have. And there are people who, um, support me in various ways. Like I said, people who buy prints, people who are patrons and, uh, all of that means like way more than I can, I, I can express. And I just, I just hope that what I put out there in the world will, um, you know, be worth worthwhile and worth their investment. That's a beautiful way to put it. And, um, uh, and, and an artist not starving in New York, that's good to hear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not not yet. Only four <laughs> months in. Time will tell. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, I I believe that this this could work out for sure. But um, it, again, it goes back to like it's it's not the easy move, and it's not a move everyone can make right now. But to be told that hey, you're doing the wrong thing is I never I never understood why people have to be so negative on someone w wishing to succeed in, in their. I mean, they. I guess they think they're coming off as being supportive, but um, it's, ne it's never the right thing to do, in my opinion. But I'm, I'm glad mm -hmm. it's it's uh, it, it could work. It, it seems to be working out for you. But yeah. Um, but yeah. On that note, I mean, this is this is uh, going on close to an hour. Um, this has been great. Um, I I hope everyone who has listened and will listen has learned so much from from what you have said and. Um, I really think that uh, you're doing a, a commendable thing by educating so many people on how to get into what you're doing. Um, so how could we find you on the socials and, and, and any, any other ways to contact you, your store, what have you? Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, my handle on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, everything is just my name, Kevin underscore Zick, Z-Y-C-H. And uh, I have uh, an online store. You can find that like in my profile. Uh, it's just kevinzick.com. Uh, that's where my portfolio, my real everything is. And uh, I teach classes both in person and online. Uh, I have a Patreon uh, program uh, that includes like drawing prompts and online video meetups and things like that. But I also do private classes and uh, events and things like that. Um, and lastly, I, I do, uh, you know, freelance illustration and 
uh, every once in a while I, I do a wedding, uh, which is, which is really fun. Yeah. That's a whole other topic, but, um, live sketch art is something, you know, various, uh, people, whether they have a big event like that or, uh, organizations want. And so, uh, for them, I'm, I'm here to deliver. Right but, on. uh, yeah, it's been, it's been nice talking to you, Peter. Yeah. Um, so thanks for having me. No, this is, this is great. This is great. 